Good evening. This is a presentation of Movement Radio. Welcome to another edition of The Hauntings of. And now, here are your hosts, Chip Hazard and Talon Williams. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Hauntings of, right here on Movement Radio. My name is Talon Williams, alongside with Chip Hazard, and today, ladies and gentlemen, we will be discussing The Hauntings of the state of Pennsylvania. So Chip, what can we look forward to in today's episode? Well, Pennsylvania is one of the oldest states and is also one of the most fascinating. It has a somewhat creepy past that is peppered with traumatic events, murders, and tragic accidents. There are also several abandoned prisons and asylums, making it the perfect setting for some paranormal activity. So let's dig a little bit deeper into the history of the most haunted places in the state of Pennsylvania. Absolutely. And if my voice sounds a little weird, ladies and gentlemen, just overlook it. I'm kind of getting over the head code allergies. I hate I hate this time of year. Nevertheless, uh, we're going to first kick it off with Pennhurst State School and Hospital, and this is in Spring City, Pennsylvania. Now, Pennhurst State School was in operation from around, the, from around 50 years during the first half of the 20th century. It was cut off from the rest of the world, and it was quickly and it very quickly became overcrowded and out of control. The brutal mistreatment of the mentally ill patients housed here eventually led to its closure, but not before numerous deaths, which have left a mark on the building. Today, it is one of the most haunted places in the entire state of Pennsylvania. Visitors have all reported a manner of strange noises and apparitions believed to be the spirits of the former patients and employees alike. All obviously anytime you're dealing with the mental, you know, it, 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 it's so, cause we had talked about it a couple of weeks ago that it's so like how so many people could get away with this, the mistreatment of patients, especially the mentally ill patients. It, it to, to this day still boggles my mind how much shit that these people got away with. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, we definitely touched on this because I, I think I even brought it up that anytime we talk about a, um, a, a state mental institution or um, something like that, that there's always some mistreatment of mentally ill. And, and we often wonder why that is. And uh, my, my guess would be is that most people when a mentally ill person comes up to them and says, hey, you know, Jim Bob mistreated me. They're like, oh, well, they're just making that up because they're mentally ill. Right. Uh, and and that, I think there's this huge misconception around mentally ill people that they just make shit up in their mind. Uh, and, you know, the more we learn about mental health and mental illness, the more we realize that, that people don't even mentally ill people don't really just make shit up. Right, right. <clears throat> it, it it blows my mind that, again, like what we talked about, how, you know, because it, it said, you know, it got overcrowded very quickly and it got out of control. I mean, yeah, because you're taking on more responsibility than you can handle, you know. Exactly. And, you know, like, where's the, you know, like, like where's the Hippocratic Oath in all this? You know, isn't the first, you know, sentence of the Hippocratic Oath is to do no harm? Like, I mean, I mean, that's, that's part of your oath that you take when you become a doctor or a nurse or whatever, you know, but 
apparently shit shit like this didn't apply in the first half of the 20th century um so, yeah apparently yeah so. so but yeah the the apparitions of the spirits of former patients i could i can buy that of the patients dying in very you know sad ways obviously being the ones who uh roam these halls and call this place home um you know, visitors, they have reported, you know, all kinds of strange noises and apparitions. Now, it doesn't give specifics, but you, I, I'm guessing maybe somebody, they see somebody in a hospital gown or they see a wheelchair rolling by itself or something along those lines, you know. Right. But um, nevertheless, yeah, again, again, this is always a, a creepy one to talk about. Um, the hospital, you know, because a lot of crazy shit happens in hospitals, especially the ones that are considered haunted. That being said, you got the next one, Bubba? I do. Next up, we're going to talk about Centralia, and this is in Columbia County, Pennsylvania. Um, So if Centralia looks familiar to you, then it's probably because this was used as the inspiration for the town of Silent Hill in the horror movie of the same name, which was also based upon a video game by the same name. Yes. Okay. Um, so this real life ghost town has been an underground coal fire burning or has had an underground coal fire burning for more than 50 years. The population has dwindled to less than 10 people who just absolutely refuse to leave. So pause right there. Okay. There's, there's been a coal fire burning underground in this town for more than 50 years how, how come we hadn't figured out a way to put this put it out right i mean I, I understand it's underground but can you not like dig some holes in the ground and just like hit the water, water <laughs> or or something i don't know like it's it's i don't know that to me is strange in itself right Uh, But it goes on to say, aside from being super creepy due to the nature of the town's abandonment, there have also been stories of strange shadow figures and apparitions flitting around the abandoned buildings. Um, Now, I wonder if that's due to uh, the smoke and fog from this coal fire that's burning underground where your mind is kind of playing tricks on you. Your eyes are seeing stuff that isn't actually there. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And then, excuse me, like coal, like, I mean, you know what, you want coal, you know, burning coals, you know what burning coal smells like? Uh, That would, man, I don't know if I would want to live somewhere where it would smell like that all the time. You know what I mean? Like that would be, I don't know. That'd be that'd be a little bit too much. And you, it's like, man, it smells like something's burning all the time. Like you know, you get that thing like food burning, and then the you know the fire alarm goes off, and you having to or smoke detector goes off, and you know you're trying to stop it, and the whole time you know it's still beeping, and then you're trying to hurry up and put the fire out because you know whatever, you know, like burning smells are just disgusting sometimes. You know, yeah. well, that could be part of the reason that the population has dwindled to less than 10 people right uh now i don't know why those those few people are refusing to leave but i mean i i would assume they have a good reason maybe they've lived there their entire life 
or you know their their family has lived there for generations or whatnot right uh uh, other than that i'd be out (laughs) right um it does and if you look at the picture that 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 uh they provide for us it does look eerie similar to the video game silent hill um and uh very very creepy yes and if anybody wants to check this picture out chip where can they go as always, you can go to hauntedrooms.com. We're not sponsored. One day we will be. Exactly. Shout out to you, Haunted Rooms America. Thank you for let, providing us with this list for us today. Um, but yeah, I mean, for it to be the um, the influence for the video game and the movie. Um, now, I'm not a big fan of Silent Hill. I've played the game before. Um, to me, <clears throat> and I, I get a lot of flack from people. Um, you know, to me, it was a kind of a kind of a more to me it was a ripoff resident evil you know what i mean oh I, yeah i was just fixing to say that it was like a cheap ripoff yeah of, i mean of resident yeah. evil i mean the game was fun but it was it was definitely you know what they, they took what resident evil had built and was like okay they're you know they've caught on to something let's um Let's do the same thing, and but call it something else. Right. And, and, and not to say, I mean, I'm not saying that it's a horrible game. It just, it didn't capture my imagination. It didn't, I didn't fancy it. Um, now, it is a very popular game. They've had like five different games and they've had a movie for, they have a movie based off the, the game. So obviously it's successful. And if you enjoy it, you know, awesome. Um, not for me, you know, but, you know, nevertheless, right. you know. <laughs> I think they were even. Um... So what now? They were even working on a, a new game uh, for it. but So they've actually had um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. Oh, okay. Uh, in the main series and five spinoff games for this. Um, the most recent game came out in 2012. It was called Silent Hill Downpour. I'm assuming that um, it's, it's in the rain. I would assume. Uh, I, I would assume. I don't know. <clears throat> um, and then they were working on a game um, that uh, it was supposed to come out in August of 2014. It was called PT. And you may remember that because um, they had built this whole kind of thing around Daryl Dixon. Or, or wait, yeah, I think you told me about this one. Yeah, where you, you went into you, you yeah. went in the sink and there was a baby, but it wasn't a baby or something like that. Yes, it was just creepy yes. as shit. Yeah, um, but so so that game, it, it was. I, I'm sorry, not Daryl Dixon, but Norman Reed, right? Um, the guy who plays Daryl Dixon on The Walking Dead. Yeah, and it was it was uh, created by Hideo Kojima and uh, Guillermo del Toro. Okay. Uh, so, uh, for those who don't don't know who Del Toro is, he brought us fantasy films like Pan's Labyrinth and The Shape of Water, uh, on top of Hellboy, um, Hellboy, Hellboy Two, um, also Blade Two, uh, Pacific Rim, um, movies like that. Right. So, yeah. So uh, that PT game actually looked really cool. And look, you know, much spookier than the Silent Hill games themselves. But unfortunately, it was canceled before it was ever able to see the light of day. Right. So, yeah. 
All right. Anyway, that's enough about that. Next up. Yeah. Next up, we're going to be talking about the Hillview Manor, and this is in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. Excuse me. All right. So before we get into the ghost, uh, actually, you know what? I think this is telling me. Yeah. So we're going to do a little brief history of the Hillview Manor. Now, in Newcastle, Pennsylvania, working farms and homes for the elderly were commonplace. The new Castle City home, which had been around since the 18, since 1867, was reaching a point where a new facility was needed. Bids for the new Lawrence County home for the aged were being accepted starting in June of, of 1925. A bid and a design by A.L. Thayer, an architect, were eventually accepted and construction for the new facility began. The official opening for the new facility, which had multiple names over the years, was 1926. The people tasked with running the Lawrence County home for the aged was Perry and Mary Snyder. They had previously been in charge of the Newcastle City home that is the new facility was that the new facility was replacing. The Snyders moved into the new facility with their two children and 12 staff members. Excuse me. The new staff featured three main sections. The new facility, I'm sorry, featured three main sections. There was a two-story west wing where the men were to be housed, a two-story east wing where the women were housed, and then three-story center uh, center sections. The center section boasted a kitchen, laundry facilities, a hospital, as well as quarters for the nurses, and a private residence for the superintendent. The facility, which was a house, which was, which is to house 110 residents, also had a bomb shelter, small working farm, and even a cemetery. When the doors first opened, 20 residents moved in. The residents were typically people with mental illness, homeless, or elderly people with no family to speak of. As most of the residents were adults, it was rare that one of the first residents to move in was a young boy. According to news reports from the time, the resident of the residents of Hillview Manor, as it would come to be called in the 1970s, was ref, was were referred to as inmates, not patients, not residents, but inmates. That's ironic in itself. Yes, because you know it, this is supposed to be like a hospital, yeah. but we're calling these people inmates. Okay. Yeah, that's that, that that's that's strange in of itself. Now. Up until 1944, the Snyders ran the Hillview Manor. It was in that year that the county welfare officials decided that the Snyders were no longer competent enough to run the facility as they were in, in their 70s. They were forcibly retired but allowed to stay in the facility with pensions. They were eventually forced to vacate Hillview roughly three months later ending more than 30 years of service to the community. The new superintendent of the facility was a, was a person named Mansd G. Hogue. Okay, I'm just going to say Mr. Hogue for, for the sake of this, because Mans it sounds like a weird name. All right, so the Hillview Manor underwent some conversions in the late 1960s. Once completed, Hillview was officially a skilled nursing center. By that point, Director Clarence E. Covert 
was the main was the man in charge of the facility. He remained in place until 1973 when he designed when he resigned to due to the lack of county support. The following year, additional remodeling was done at the insistence of the county. There was a new three-story addition added, which allowed for 30 or more new residents or inmates. The facility remained in working order until 2004, so pretty recently, when it could no longer remain open due to financial reasonings. So from 1926 to 2004, hundreds of people called this place home. In some cases, the facility would be their last home. A number of residents died from natural causes while housed in this facility. Other people committed suicide while in this residence. It is said that one person died when they hung themselves, and others went to the roof of the building, jumping to their deaths. A large percentage of those that died while in the facility was in use, were in use or buried at the cemetery on the grounds in unmarked graves. Reports state that many of those individuals had no records on file, thus the unmarked graves. So before we get to the hauntings, let's pause here for just a second. So you mean to tell me you had no idea who the hell these people were that you were housing? You had no uh, file like. on anybody there at this facility. So you intentionally put them in unmarked graves. How, how incompetent can people be? You know, even, back, uh, even going back to the 1920s, I mean, the fucking incompetence yeah. of people. Uh, well, they typically call those unmarked graves pauper's graves. Right. Uh, and it's, it's for people that are, you know, like homeless or have no family, no, typically people that aren't going to be missed yeah. when they die. Um, so, so they put them in pauper's graves um, or uh, unmarked. Right. So, yeah. Well, they, they call them unmarked graves. I mean, there's, I mean, it's marked in some way because, you know, you have a, you have a corresponding number that is on the grave and then corresponds to a number of the body um, or whatever. That way they can say, okay, this body was buried here. It was, it died due to this cause or whatever. Um, but uh, I think it was on an episode of Law and Order SVU that um, they had to find a, uh, they had to find a, uh, a rape victim and she had already been dead and they found her in a pauper's grave. Um, but nevertheless, right. um, now we're going to talk about the hauntings of this place. When you mention Hillview Manor to amid ghost hunters, they will either recount stories of paranormal, uh, personal paranormal experiences at the facility or stories that they have heard. People interested in the Hillview Manor can also find information relating to one of the most haunted locations in Pennsylvania, courtesy of multiple investigations performed by the likes of famous TV show um, TV uh, ghost hunters. Uh, the three respectable groups in the paranormal field who have done investigations are the Ghost Hunters, Ghost Lab, and Ghost Adventures. When Zach, Nick, and Aaron of Ghost Adventures went to visit Hillview Manor, and I actually have uh, Ghost Adventures on my queue on uh, Hulu, so I'll try to find this episode. It says that 
When Zach, Nick, and Aaron from Ghost Adventures went to visit the Hillview Manor, they walked away with a concernable amount of ghost evidence. Zach made multiple claims of physical contact from the other side. He stated that someone grabbed his arm, another person tugged at his shirt, and he made another claim that he felt a hand moving up and down his back. In all in all of his calm claims, nobody was close enough to do anything to him. A shattery figure was seen down one of the hallways, according to Nick. The group also recorded roughly a dozen or so easily understood EVPs, which is electronic voice phenomenon, including one person saying, get out of this room. I got a question. I'm Jim, and I plan on fixing them. They group The group also captured an anomaly on camera that set off motion sensors. Other people who have investigated Hillview Manor have had their own success in seeing ghosts and experiencing paranormal activity. It is not uncommon to hear stories of, pe- of people hearing doors slam shut, footsteps in the hallway, and disembodied voices. There have also been people who have heard that sounds of scratching, pipes rattling, and even banging. Objects moving on their own from one location to another are relatively common as well. One of the ghosts that numerous people have seen over the years is that of a little boy. Oh, shit. (laughs) According According to the reports, he is roughly six or seven years old and people call him Jeffrey. There is an urban legend attached to him that says if you see him, you will perish. Another ghost that haunts Hill, Hill, Hillview is located in the boiler room. He is an older man who does not like anyone in his space and will order people to leave. A woman by the name of Mary Virginia once stayed at Hillview. Uh, records claim she stayed in room 105 and people that have reported to feel her presence. Her room has a bed, a chair, and a bedstand. There are a number of dolls. Oh, fuck that. They have a number of dolls and other items left for her for people who have visited the room. The number of electronic voice phenomenons captured by people investigating Hill, Hillview Manor is staggering. It is not uncommon for even the novice paranormal investigators to gather people saying things. Two brothers went to visit Hillview as they used to visit their grandmother who stayed there. An MVP, an EVP was captured with someone using a family nickname that the person with them never would have known. Another distant relative of someone who perished at the facility stated their grandmother played the piano at the facility. And at times, people on investigations have literally heard an unattended piano being played. Fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Some former employees of Hillview Manor have their own experiences with ghosts and other paranormal activity. One woman who worked as a nurse had numerous experiences while working. On one occasion, while walking uh, from the east wing to the west wing, she claimed a very cold and cloudy form passed through her. It did not frighten her, only gave her an incredible chill. One, I'm sorry, on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, time out. Okay, go ahead. 
So you're walking down the okay. hall, and a cold, cloudy figure just passes through you, and that don't frighten you? <laughs> I'm a skeptic. <laughs> I am a skeptic. And if I'm just randomly walking down the hall, and I'm getting from point A to point B, and a cold, cloudy figure just passes straight through me, now that's going to frighten the shit out right. of me. And I'm probably not going to finish my trip to point B. I'm going to stop in the middle, take my badge off, and be like, no, nah, fuck <laughs> this shit. I'm right. Not. But it did say only gave her an incredible chill. How incredible was this chill? I'm just saying. Now, on other occasions, when on the second floor near the break room, it would not be uncommon for her to see what appears to be someone walking down the hall, but upon checking things out, there was no one there. Of course. Nope. Now, when one group of paranormal investigators went to Hillview, they had their own chilling experience. While in one area of the third floor, two investigators were setting up their video cameras. Out of nowhere, they heard some they heard, they heard the sound of someone running down the hallway towards them. The sound stopped just before it reached them. Moments later, the running continued. It only became it only came from a completely different direction. People visiting the, and touring the manor have made countless claims that it is possible to see people staring out a window out of the facility and no one is inside. On one occasion, someone on the tour looked up into the window and saw an older woman looking out the window. She smiled and waved at the individual, then vanished back into thin air. Regardless of whom these people are, the majority of the people visiting Hillview Manor agree that it is without a doubt, without question, unequivocally, one of the most haunted places in the state of Pennsylvania. I ran down a shit ton of stuff there, and that's a lot to take in. I wasn't expecting it to be this long of a blurb. Um, out of all of the things that I just read, how are you feeling about most of these? Um, I'm, I'm feeling like I don't want to go to <laughs> Right? Uh, for sure, you know, uh, I think the one that, that probably is the most chilling in my opinion is the, the woman who, uh, claims that she was walking from the East to the West wing and said that a very cold and cloudy form passed through her, uh, that and the fact that there's the, um, the, the older gentleman in the boiler right. room uh, that sa- is said to tell people to leave. <laughs> right. Like, uh, 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 yes, sir, I'm out. You don't have to worry. I won't even be out. <laughs> right. Um, like, Chip, we need you to go. We need you to go take you. I need you to go down to the boiler room. I need you to fix the pipe. <laughs> nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Uh, you know, th- there was a dude down there. He told me I had to leave. And um, I, I told him I wouldn't be back. Y'all gonna have to go down there, so right? I do think I do find it interesting though. Um, the EVPs that get recorded um, from, uh, and I know a lot of people don't put a whole lot of stock into the uh, the ghost adventures or the ghost hunter shows because I mean they say oh it's mostly for television. It's probably most the majority of everything there's fabricated. Um, 
And, and the thing about it is, though, is that it's – go ahead. I, I was to say, I am one of those right. people. Um, you know, I, I find those those shows interesting, but I do feel that the the a good majority, you know, most if not all is fabricated uh, for the show. <clears throat> you know, that, that's not to say that if you went to, to some of these places, you wouldn't, you know, hear certain things or, or whatnot. But I think most of that stuff on the shows like Ghost Adventures and uh, Ghost Hunters and, you know, whatnot is fabricated for almost like it's like a a, a drama almost like it's a a dramatization of like what they've experienced or something like that and it's like they're telling you what it is yeah maybe that's the case um i i mean i enjoy it um not i I enjoy ghost adventures a little bit more than i do ghost hunters uh no disrespect to the guys over at taps but i I enjoy ghost adventures because they Kind of like what we do also. I mean, we don't actually go out and do the investigations, but we talk, we like to talk about the history as well as the hauntings, you know, and they do a, they do a good job. It's like the first half is all about the history. And then the second half is them actually doing the investigation, which, which I do find that in, you know, which I, I enjoy the show. It's out of all the quote unquote ghost hunting shows. That's probably my favorite out of all of them. Um, so yeah, yeah I'm a definitely, I'm a look for, um, I'm actually going to look for this particular episode at a uh, Hillview Manor. Although I did watch one the other night, I was scrolling through and uh, they, they they talked about our good old buddy Turkey Pete. So I was like, "Yay, Turkey Pete!" Hashtag, Hashtag free Turkey, Turkey Pete. Pete. Anyway, get the T-shirts available now. Okay, not yet. We'll we'll hold off. Okay, you got the next one, Bubba. <laughs> <clears throat> I do. Uh, next up is the Quality Inn, and this is in Gettysburg, Gettysburg. Pennsylvania. Yep. So um, the Quality Inn in Gettysburg was originally built in 1863 to serve as General Lee's headquarters during the Civil War. Okay. Over. Yeah. Hey, yeah. So, um, so over the years, there have been hundreds of reports of ghostly activity from both guests and employees. Some of the most common occurrences include the sound of a drum and fife playing uh phantom gunshots and cannon fire and the sound of someone walking in the attic uh-huh. okay uh, there are also regular reports of doors being opened and closed by some unseen force lights turning off and on and few objects apparently moving from place to place by themselves yeah. um now unfortunately that's all we have about this particular place, uh, I would say that the most interesting part of it is that it was originally built to serve as General Lee. Yeah, very interesting. Um, this is this uh, 1863, so it's Gettysburg. So what what war would that be? Would it be? It would be That's the Civil, Civil war. war. Yeah, yeah, the Battle of the Battle, yeah, of Gettysburg. Battle of Gettysburg Civil War. Yeah, um, and then it says it says uh, a drum and a fife. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, kind of dumb to that. What exactly is a fife? Is it like a flute playing? Is it like, you know, like that, like that, like, like that thing, you know what I'm talking about? Is it, is that, or is that, was that a flute? Am I thinking of something completely different? Uh, well, so, according to Wikipedia, 
A fife and drum corps is a musical ensemble consisting of fifes and drums in the United States of America. Fife and drum corps specialize in colonial period or impressions using fifes, uh, which is a small high-pitched transverse area foam, uh, very similar to a pick. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, so the mm-hmm. the thing with the people drumming and playing the playing the the piccolo, basically, um, the the common right. thing that you see in like, um, you know, old war movies and oh, not many war movies are like, you know, playing the drums and playing the the, the piccolo or whatever, making it like that. Do 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 do. Like, you know. Yeah. Yes. So I never really knew that. I, and then I never knew it was called a fife. I just thought it was a, a, a flute or a, something. I don't know. But anyway. Well, there, that's another one of those there you instruments. Go. Uh, hell, I should have asked my sister. She was in band for like nine years. But anyway. Um, uh, but cannon fire. Um, phantom gunshots. I mean, yeah, that, that'd be like. But, but then again, I mean, it depends on where you grew up. If the phantom, gun, if phantom gunshots even bother you. Uh, some people hear the gunshots like, "Oh my God, right. did you hear that?" And other people hear the gunshots like, "No, oh, somebody's shooting again," you know. And then it's like, "No big deal," you know. Um, but yeah, but the cannon fire that might be a little different, you know. It's like boom. It's like, what the hell was that? You're like, I mean, it is Gettysburg. They may be having a reenactment, you know. So you never know what that is. Um, well, what's <laughs> ironic is uh, over here where I live. We hear cannon fire quite a bit, uh, especially uh, around like the Fourth of July, New Year's, and right. stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> because uh, on the um, the ridge right above where my house is, it, it was actually there was um, I can't remember the the war, the battle that was fought here, but it was during the Civil War, um, and there's still old cannons in some yards. Um, that are it's historical cannons and um they will shoot them off at some uh during some yeah. parts of the year yeah anyway. so yeah obviously without the cannon right, of course it, of course uh, <laughs> that's that's all you would need is to shoot off a cannon with a cannonball in it and the the ball go you know a hundred yards away into somebody's bedroom right. or something. Like, Honey, where the hell does cannonball come from? I ain't seen this since, since 1823 or whatever, you know. So that's an old ass man. Hell, right. he's been alive since 1823. That's Methuselah. Anyway, uh <laughs> Methuselah was the oldest man ever. Never mind. All right. I know you don't I, I was I letting the know. people know who probably don't know, <laughs> you know, to the non believers. But anyway. All right. So <laughs> the next one that we're gonna talk about. This is Betsy Ross's house, and this is in good old Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. In West Philadelphia. No, we can't do that right now. All right. Everyone knows Betsy Ross for being the person who designed the first American flag, but people are visiting her Philadelphia home for reasons a little bit more, for more than just a history lesson. You see, this is also one of the most haunted places in Philadelphia. The house has been featured on various television shows thanks to its paranormal activity. In fact, this house is so haunted that one former director climbed out of the window and jumped onto the flagpole to escape the spirits of on one particularly frightened night. Some visitors have reported seeing Betsy Ross herself crying in the basement 
while others say that they have heard cries and moans from the gift shop next door, which also happens to be where the security guard was murdered in 1980. What? Yes. Okay, so my question is, what scared this guy, this director, so bad? He jumped out of the window, climbed out, and jumped on the flagpole to escape. I don't know, but that's damn I'm looking, bro. Himself. I'm looking at the pic. I'm, I'm looking <laughs> at the picture. Honestly, like, th- I'm sorry. That that's that sounds like some old school Three Stooges type shit. Like, like Moa Curly would mm-hmm. see it, or like, Curly would probably see it and go out there and then. You know, hang from the flagpole. Larry and Mogan have to come and save him or whatever. And it's like, I've seen a ghost. I ain't no ghost in here. <laughs> and it runs, you know. So, you know. Right. Anyway, so what what you feeling about this one, man? Uh, well, I, I like you said, I do want to know more about what uh scarified or scarified what terrified this gentleman so much that he felt the need to jump out of the window. <laughs> And hashtag scarify. There you go. Put that on a t-shirt. Nope. Hashtag Put that scarify. on a t-shirt. Um, you know, uh, I, <laughs> I, I would like to know maybe why Betsy Ross herself is crying in the basement. Um, that that would be an interesting, you know. I mean, if I was there, I'd you know probably walk up to her and be like, "Hey, hey, Miss Ross, uh, yeah. what's wrong?" Next, you, you know, know. she's looking up uh, at you. She's got like her eyes blacked out or whatever, or whatever, you know. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, I definitely want to know more about uh, why this gentleman jumped out the window yeah. and onto the flagpole. Because in the picture, the flagpole just looks like it's connected. It's not, you know, a, a, an actual flagpole. It's it's one of the, the flags you'd put on the right. side of a house. And, uh, I don't know about you, but we have one of those, and um, it it wouldn't hold my uh, you know forty pound child, let alone a, a grown ass man <laughs> running for his life. <laughs> like it would straight pull, yeah, like it would straight pull out of the um, right. side of the house. That's crazy. So. Okay, so that being said, um. You got the next one, Bubba? I do. Next up, we're going to talk about Fort Mifflin, and this is in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, So it's another historical site in Pennsylvania that is apparently haunted. And uh, so many historical sites around the state have been remodeled, but Fort Mifflin claims to be the only Revolutionary War battlefield that has remained completely Wow, that is interesting. Yes, um, so that maybe that's why some of the fort's original inhabitants have stuck around. One of the ghosts that is known to haunt Fort Mifflin is the Screaming Woman, who is believed to be the spirit of Elizabeth Pratt, and her screams are often heard in the officer's quarters where it is believed that she hung Hmm. herself. Uh, that's interesting. I wonder why she hung herself. Um, next up, the fort is also home to another spirit known simply as the Faceless uh-huh. Man. 
uh, it is believed that this is the ghost of William Howe, and he is often seen around the casements where the prisoners would have uh -huh. been held. Visitors have also reported being grabbed, pushed, and held by unseen Fuck hands. that. <laughs> right. I do find it interesting. One of the ghosts that, what you just talked about, the screaming woman, um, spirit to be Elizabeth Pratt, it says her screams have often been heard in the officer's quarters where it is believed that she hung herself. Right. If it was the crying woman and she hung herself, that would make more, that would be more believable to me. The screaming woman, if you're going to hang yourself, chances are you're not screaming. You're crying. You're depressed. You're not screaming. You're, you're in no mortal fear. This is just me reading into it. Maybe I'm reading too deep into it. But if you're talking about her screaming in the place where she quote-unquote hung herself, she may have been murdered, and it may look like a suicide. I mean, that's, I mean, awesome. that's just me, re that's I mean, me reading into was, it. Yeah, I mean, this was, you know, apparently during the Revolutionary War era. Right. Um, so... Let me just double check my <clears throat> my accuracy here, but the Revolutionary War was, yeah, this was in the the seventeen seventies. It um, you know, it it ran from seventeen seventy five to seventeen eighty three, uh, and it was you know between Great Britain and thirteen of the north, the first thirteen uh, right. colonies in North America or the United States, not North America, um. Yeah. So, you know, that very well could have been uh, not that she hung herself, but that she was hung. Yeah. I mean, I'm, and I'm, and again, I might be reading too deep into it, but to me, that if it was the crying woman and hung herself, I can understand depression, you know, whatever it was. Screaming tells me that she was in a sense of fear. She was frightened. She was fighting back. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too deep into it. I don't know. I did, you know. Right. I am yeah. Right um, now, the one. faceless man, I'm sorry. I, I Again, I thought Slender Man. I mean, that's, you know. <laughs> uh, well, every time I, I see the, the term faceless man, it reminds me of um, a movie. It was the right. movie with no face. Uh, do I, I don't is, if I if I've seen it, it's been a very very long time because I can't remember it off the top of my head. I know the name, don't I? Never, I don't recall ever seeing it. Uh, hold on, let me see. It was. I seen the movie Face Off with Nicholas Cage and John Travolta. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> That is no. a damn good movie, though. I'll, I'll go uh, check it out. <laughs> and one of the, and still to this day, one of the best act, best damn tag team moves in the world. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, maybe it wasn't called the man with no face. Uh, was it the man without a? Was it the man without a face? 
maybe it was the man without a face. Um, yes, that's what it was uh, with Mel Gibson. That's what oh, okay. it was the without a face. I'm sorry. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. that. I, I don't think I've ever seen it. If I have, if I have, I don't remember. Uh, it, it was a good movie. I I remember the movie, and you know, maybe I just <laughs> messed up the title of it. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. All right, yeah. So visitors also being grabbed, pushed, held. Yeah, I mean, you 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 walk in, you walking into this area, and then you feel somebody just grab you, like. Nope. <laughs> yep. Gots nope, to I'm go. Out. Okay. The next one we're going to talk about is the Brandywine Battlefield, and this is in Chester County, uh, Pennsylvania, home of Ben Margera. Shout out to Ben Margera. Hope you get hope you get uh, the help you need. Um. Anyway, Pennsylvania is known for the Battle of Gettysburg, obviously, but there is another famous battlefield in the same state, which is often overlooked. The Brandywine Battlefield is an important historical site in the terms of Revolutionary War, and it is also one of the most haunted locations. Around 2,000 men died here on what was the bloodiest day of the Revolutionary War, and visitors say that they can still hear the battle echoing around the area. There are also multiple sightings of apparition of soldiers and horses. And unfortunately, that's all the information that I have. But yeah, I mean... the um, the Revolutionary War was a pretty bloody war um, for anybody who, you know, lived around that time. You know, I'm sure it was just as scary back then as it would be today if it took place on the, on American soil today. Um, over 2,000 oh, men yeah. lost their lives. Um, you know, and I think more than likely, I mean, I mean, could you see apparitions of soldiers and horses? Possibly. Um, you know, I mean, what do you, what do you think, what are you feeling about this one? Because we all know the Battle of Gettysburg. Um, Brandywine Battlefield is, again, like what we said, you know, it was another very historical site, being it was the bloodiest day of the Revolutionary War. So how are you feeling about this one? Right. Um, as always, uh, anything that has some kind of uh, historical significance behind it uh, is amazing. Um, and it, I mean, there's, no doubt that's why that there's apparitions or whatnot, you know, because people are, are literally murdered here uh, for, for you know, our right. freedom or whatnot, you know. So, but that's, I mean, uh, I wish there was, there was more about it, you know, like, all it says is there's been multiple sightings of apparitions of soldiers and horses. I mean, that kind of makes sense to me when it comes to any right. kind of battlefield. Yeah. Uh, so that being said, do you want to hit them with the next one? Because this next one looks pretty interesting. <clears throat> yep. Um, so next up, we're going to talk about the seven dun, 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 gates dun, of dun. hell. And this is in York, yep. Pennsylvania. Uh, so anytime that you have anything surrounded by, you know, the gates of hell, it it, it should be pretty <laughs> creepy right. and interesting. So um, this 
it says that this desolate area in York, I keep wanting to say New York, but it's the desolate area in York was apparently where an old asylum once stood. But it is said to have burned to the ground because firefighters were unable to re reach the remote area in time. Almost all of the patients perished in the fire. Seven gates were built to help capture the remaining patients who had escaped. However, since then, a local legend has sprung up stating that anyone who passes through all seven of the gates will go straight to hell. Hmm. Um, so, for me, uh, this just sounds like an yeah, old urban it sounds legend urban. And with, with no, yeah, with no, you know, paranormal significance yeah. behind it. Yeah. I mean, cause obviously if there was, if there so, was paranormal significance, they would, I'm honestly this, I'm honestly disappointed that there wasn't anything, you know, cause we had mentioned stuff, you know, about, you know, the gate, like the tunnels and, um, where uh, in New Jersey, where, where you meet old red eyed Mike and, you know, that area, you know, and right. Or the devil's, you know, stomping ground where anything in the circle doesn't, you know, die, like will will vanish or whatever. And it's the big circle where he goes and does his mischief or whatever. This does sound like a, a an urban legend more than anything. You know, if you pass through all seven gates, you go straight to hell. Okay, well, what if you're a Christian? I mean, if you believe in God, you don't go to hell. If you pass through all seven gates, do you immediately go to hell? No, you're a Christian. You don't go. I mean, do you die and instead of, you know, going to hell, you go to heaven? I mean, I don't think anybody thought this whole thing completely through. Right. Well, my question would be, has anybody tried it? How many people have actually passed through all seven gates and came back and it's like, hey, you know, um, man, I did this thing and yeah, it, I'm still here. Nothing really happened. You know? I mean, I, I do find it weird that there's no picture of it either. I mean, because most of the time when you're looking, when we talk about the hauntings, we, you know, have pictures that is provided to us by Haunted Rooms America. Um, and there's no picture provided for this one. So it kind of leads credence to the, you know, maybe this isn't exactly what we, they, we think it's going to be or whatever. <clears throat> Nevertheless, I think we can move on from this one. This one's kind of eh. disappointing. Eh. But anyway. So, yeah. So yeah, the right next one we're going to talk about is Harrisburg Hospital, and this is in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Now, when Harrisburg Hospital first opened back in 1851, it was known as the Pennsylvania State Lunatic Hospital. Well, I think course, you know where we're fixing to go, ladies and gentlemen. The huge institution continued operation as a psychiatric facility treating the mentally ill up until 2006. Ever since the hospital closed, there, yeah. Ever since recent. the hospital closed, there have been an increasing number of reports of paranormal activity that have been contributed to the building's reputation as one of the most haunted. There have even been there have been strange noises, screaming, stomping shadows, and apparitions. It is especially haunted in the morgue, the basement, and the underground tunnels. Hmm. Now, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, that is the only information that it gives us. But that does make me that does make me uh, wonder about these underground tunnels, the morgue, the basement. I mean, morgues are creepy places enough as it is, you know, with 
the bodies remain, but the dead bodies remaining, and you know, anytime you're dealing with a basement, obviously you're underground, so obviously you're closer to you know, you know, hell or whatever, you know. And then the underground tunnels are very interesting because we just, like what like what I mentioned earlier, you know, the whole underground tunnels going to, um, like like we like here in downtown Ch- in downtown Chattanooga at the uh, at Erlanger, they actually have an underground tunnel that you can travel up underneath the. Uh, third street to get from one building to the next um uh how are you feeling about this one bub uh again i, I wish there was uh right more to it <laughs> i uh i don't know it just you know strange noises screaming footsteps shadows and apparitions but like give me some specifics that's that's what i want i want specifics um it says it's especially haunted in the morgue the basement and the underground tunnels um i i would say that any morgue if you are you know a a true believer or a non-skeptic then morgues are going to be haunted because that's literally where you take dead bodies to be, you know, either cremated or embalmed uh, to be, you know, get ready to right. be buried or whatnot. Um, basement. Uh, basements are always cold anyway. Um, and then underground tunnels, obviously, you know, once you get underground, I mean, animals do this where they'll dig holes to lay in, <laughs> you know, in these holes to get you know cooler in the um desert and stuff like that so obviously we we know you know once you get underground it's cooler than um you know on top of the ground so um i i just wish there was you know more specifics to this and not right i think but 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 not just yeah but but i also think i mean i think that it's kind of similar to the other ones as well because mental pennsylvania state lunatic hospital obviously they did some fucked up shit to some people you know i mean going back i mean because again going back to you know they got away with a lot of crazy shit in the 1850s you know due to you know the fact that they didn't know how to handle mental illness back then you know and it, it it and it you know it showed you know um, now, are the people who haunt who are haunting this place? Are they the ones who were murdered in this facility? Were they? Is the screaming that you hear? Is it the painful treatments that they had to go through? Was there electrocompulsive therapy? Was there, you know, other forms? Were there lobotomies performed? Like it, you know, like give me like what Chip said. Give me some specifics. Let me know exactly what is there. I mean, obviously, I think if we looked it up, we could possibly find one. But you know. That's for a different discussion for a different time. That being said. Exactly. You got the next one, Bubba? I do. Next up, we're going to talk about the Old Jail Museum. And this is in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. So it's located at the edge of Pocono Mountain. The Old Jail Museum in Jim Thorpe, formerly the Carbon County Prison, was built in 1871 and served as the county prison until 1995. Um, It is an imposing structure built into the side 
of a Rocky Mountain and is now open to the public as a museum. Very interesting. That's interesting. Uh, I wish I would have known that when I took my trip um, to to New York and then, you know, drove across Pennsylvania to see certain things. I would have um, stopped. Yeah, yeah, but you got to go to the secret stash, so... Um, (laughs) Yeah, but you still uh, yeah, went through still, you know. Uh, yeah, and I, I will be going back. Uh, awesome. Pretty soon, actually. Uh, yeah, we're planning another trip up up north. Uh, That'd be cool. Maybe this summer. Yep. So, um, back to the uh, the old county jail here. Um, it is also home to a famous ghost story regarding what has become known as the Day of the Rope. Okay. Um, so on June 21st, 1877, four Irish coal miners accused of being Molly Majeras uh, were hung in the old jail. Okay, time out. I want to know what a oh, Is that Maguire? Is. I'm sorry. Uh, maybe Maguire. But I still want to know what, what that means uh, before we go any further. So, according to Wikipedia, the Molly Maguires were an Irish 19th century secret society active in Ireland, uh, Liverpool, and parts of the eastern United States. Best known for their activism among Irish-American and Irish-immigrant coal miners in Pennsylvania, after a series of often violent conflicts, 20 suspected members of the Molly Maguires were convicted of murder and other crimes and were executed by hanging in 1877 and 1878. This history remains part of local Pennsylvania. Ooh, no, no, you said, you said the two magic words. uh, There you go. Secret society. Yep. Oh, ain't nothing like a good Uh, secret society to talk about. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, so, uh, back to it, it says that, you know, those four Irish coal miners were accused of being Molly Maguires and were hung in the old jail at one time as punishment for fighting for better treatment and working conditions. The leader of the group, Alexander Campbell, placed his hand on the wall of cell 17 and swore that his handprint would remain there as proof of his innocence. True to his word, the handprint still remains visible on the wow. Crazy. That that's that's very crazy. Very insane. Um but as a skeptic, is it actually his uh handprint or is this somebody reading into this this folklore um and you know continuing to kind of you know place a handprint there so it's always there um okay that's my skepticism it however does say that over the years it has been scrubbed clean painted over and the wall has even been demolished and rebuilt Yet that mark, attesting to Alexander Campbell's innocence, 
still yeah. remains. I'm, man, <laughs> that yeah, <I'm, laughs> if that don't give you goose pimples, I don't know what will. Um, the fact that they said that it had been demolished and right. rebuilt, and it's yeah, still I mean, there. I mean, you, that's a right, and, to and that at the same time, innocence. even let's just say, even if it was quote, even if it was fabricated in a sense that people painted the hand on, you couldn't get it like perfect every single time. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it would have to be. I mean, it would. I know logically, there's possibly a way for it to work, but. <laughs> In my head, I'm thinking, no, this 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 motherfucker's innocent, and he proved he is. You know, I mean, like that's, I mean, that's, exactly. whew, that's 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 some freak shit right there. That's some weird, 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 freaky deaky shit right there. Yeah. So yeah, yes, sir. All right. Uh, definitely, Jeff. So if you're ever in a uh, uh, Pecano Mountain, go check it out. Um, it's the uh, old jail museum. That being said, let's move on to the next one. And this is the place called Hotel Bethlehem. And this is obviously in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Not to be confused with Jesus' birthplace. Nevertheless, a little bit of a history before we get into it. Hotel Bethlehem's fascinating story started with the uh, predecessor. Predecessor, I'm sorry. Yeah, we go. Started with its predecessor, GED, excuse me. Um, the Golden Eagle Hotel. Now, the Golden Eagle Hotel was once used as a convalescence home for soldiers returning home from war. Prior to the Golden Eagle Hotel, the first house of Bethlehem used to stand on the property. It was built back in 1741 by uh, Moravans. Moravans, sure. Uh, Count uh, Nicholas von. Zinzendorf. <laughs> I I hope yeah, I did. Yeah, you got that one. Uh, or Moravian, Moravian. Okay, sure. A Moravian patron sang a song about Bethlehem during the construction period, and that is how the town got its name, Bethlehem. Okay, cool. So, staff as well as guests have reported seeing shadows, apparitions, and reflections which cannot be explained. Quite a few of the hotel employees have reported hearing their name being called even when no one is there. They also report being tapped on the shoulders, seeing things drop from the desk. Various electrical appliances in the hotel have also turned on by themselves, although they are not plugged in. There you go. One, oh fuck, one little girl is, repute, is reputed to haunt the hotel and she is often seen in one of the windows. She is named May Yohi, and she was once a well-known singer and actress in the 1890s. She married a wealthy man who was reported to own the Hope Diamond, and yeah, and was said she Ooh. was occasion and she said to occasionally wear it, although her adult life was not perfect was not picture perfect she is said to have spent her best years of her life as a child in the hotel and that is the reason why she is she keeps coming back to the hotel 
The ghost of the unknown woman is also seen in the kitchen in a period dress. Guests have left the dining room early after seeing her ghost as several guests have avoided the sub-basement because of paranormal activities. So there you go. And if anybody is looking to travel, um, you know, Hotel Bethlehem is located downtown and it is a perfect choice for individuals and families traveling as well as business people. Uh, with the exceptional service and unique decor, uh, you will want to come back to the hotel again and again, even if it's just if it's to see the ghost. Uh, the hotel is ideal for business travel because it's located downtown and it's a close proximity to various companies in Bethlehem. The hotel has a business center that can help businessmen complete their work and rest at the same time. They can work hard and review themselves at all times. The hotel is 14,000 square feet of banquet space and meeting spaces. It makes the ideal location for staff retreats, weddings, corporate events, and other celebrations in life. The hotel features 128 elegant, decorated, and furnished rooms, which are packed with the best amenities. The rooms have spectacular views of the more of amount, the more, more, Mo Raven College, Bethlehem's Main Street, and Lehigh University. Um, it says, you know, you get you get a morning paper, you get parking paid for, internet access, you can even get a hotel shuttle. I'm sorry, an airport shuttle, a Keurig single cup coffee maker, an iHome alarm clock with iPad docking station. And if you want to, the governor suite starts at three hundred dollars. Really. Double, uh, wow. two double bedrooms are one forty nine. Exclusive king beds start at one fifty nine, and the Star View ex- exclusive king's rooms start at one sixty nine. Um, and they have several locations you can go check out uh, in New Hope, Newcastle, um, different places like that. So, but anyway, so after reading all that, what are your uh, initial thoughts? Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So they talk about uh, you know, room nine thirty two where people see lights going off and on, apparitions in the mirror, and even a male spirit who wakes guests in the middle of the night, asking Shit. why they are in his room. First of all, first of all, it, 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 my, 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 my initial reaction, if, if somebody wakes me up in the middle of the night and is like, why are you in my room? I'm like, hold on, motherfucker. I paid for this. And then I find out it's a ghost. I'm like, no, 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 sir. No, sir. Uh, you, you can have it. <laughs> Jesse, get up boys. Get up. Uh, we, we, we got to go to a different room. Uh, we, we, Probably, you know, the different room is going to be <laughs> right. a different hotel. But on occasion, guests have uh, opened the bathroom door know. to find a whole different bed, a whole different room on the other side. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It, it, right. It'd be, like H, it'd be like the H. It'd be like the it'd be like the the H H Holmes house in Chicago. You know that hotel where he like killed all them people. Yeah, that'd be a fucked up yeah. hotel to stay in. Not having it at all. No, no not, not happening. Indeed. No, sir. Can't all right. It. So, yeah, very, very, yeah. Another another famous guest is uh, Francis Thomas, a.k.a. Daddy Thomas. 
who worked in Bethlehem as a tour guide prior to his death in 1822. Finally, the remains are two ghosts remain uh, the original landlords, which is uh, Mr. and Mrs. Brong. So there you go. There's that. Um, There you go. So very interesting. So you got the next one, Bubba? Yeah. I do. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about a place with a lot, a lot of historical, of historical significance. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk. We're actually going to talk a little bit about Gettysburg Battlefield. Obviously, this is in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Um, so Gettysburg was one of the bloodiest battles in American history, with nearly eight thousand soldiers losing their lives across a three-day period. So it is no surprise at all that Gettysburg is one of the most haunted cities in the entire United States, maybe even one of the most haunted in the entire world. That's yes, a it huge, is. huge claim. Um, so there is a wide variety of paranormal activity that has been reported here, including the sounds of the battle echoing around the area, phantom gunshots and cannon fire, the agonizing screams of the dying soldiers and many different apparitions of soldiers and horses. However, what is even more interesting is that this battlefield was apparently haunted even before the first shot really? ever fired. Mm. So it has been said that as the Union soldiers made their way to Gettysburg, the ghost of George Washington himself, the very first president of the United States, appeared to lead them into battle. What? Holy shit. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, you know, this is the Civil War and George Washington, you know, passed away right. long before the Civil War right. happened. Holy shit! Uh, that is it. That is that is interesting. Yeah. Very uh, interesting, and it kind of makes a little bit of sense, you know. I mean, George Washington, you know, was a general in you know in in you know in the military before becoming the first president of the country. Um, you know, so he did right. have some, you know. If anybody can find it, go back and find the season three, episode one of Deadliest Warrior, where they did George Washington versus Napoleon Bonaparte. Um, that was a pretty cool battle that they talked about as far as George's weapons and his uh, his uh, his uh, battlefield tactics and things of that nature. Very, I mean, more than just being a president, they said that he was an amazing general um, and uh, somebody who was definitely someone who knew the art of war, quote unquote. Um, so, you know, you know, going into battle, you know, you're, you're, you're amped up, you know, body sweaty. You realize this could be the last day of the rest of my, this could be the last day of the rest of my life, you know, you know, so if you right. see a, a, an image of, of George Washington leading you into battle, you know, it's like, is your mind playing tricks on you? Because if it's playing tricks on me, then it's playing tricks on everybody else. So I know I'm not crazy when I look and I see this apparition of George Washington leading us into battle, you know? Right. And 
George Washington actually died almost a hundred years right. before this battle happened. So he he died December fourteenth, seventeen ninety nine, and the Battle of Gettysburg was fought July first. The first day of it was the uh, July first, right? 1860. So well over a hundred years. So. Oh, not quite hundred. I'm sorry. No, yeah. no, no, not quite hundred years. It never, never yeah. yeah, nevertheless, yeah, almost. I mean, that's. <laughs> That it's it, it, that would that would that would freak me out in a sense, but at the same time, it's like this ghost is leading us in the battle. This ghost isn't trying to harm us. This ghost is trying to help us. You know. So exactly. even then, I mean, eight thousand soldiers dead in the course of three days. That's who. Yep. It's the if I'm not mistaken, it was the bloodiest battle on American war as hell. Or is hell? Yes, I, I would have to. Right. But anyway, okay. So that being said, excuse me. We are going to go to our final one of the day, and this is Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. One of the most terrifying places in all of Pennsylvania must be Eastern. Uh, state penitentiary. This was the first penitentiary in the United States, and it was designed specifically with the intention of placing prisoners in situation where they spent time silently reflecting on their crimes without interaction from other people. They're incarcerated in this prison. The Those incarcerated in this prison were subject to both physical and psychological torture. Some of the famous methods used here included the mad chair, where prisoners would be strapped tightly and be left sitting completely motionless for days without food or water, often driving them to the brink of insanity. Other methods include clap, uh, clamping their tongues with an iron gag, which would cause severe pain and bleeding if they tried to speak. And throwing prisoners in the hole, I think we all know about the hole, where they could be kept in a dark pit for weeks at a time. Needless to say, many men held here went completely insane, and many of them died. It is no surprise that visitors hear footsteps, screams, moans, and unexplained voices. Visitors also report being grabbed, scratched, and even followed into the prison. These days, the building houses a museum, and it is often one of the most terrifying ha Halloween haunted houses in the country. Fuck! Seriously? Like, I was feeling it. I was really, really feeling it. I was like, like, holy shit, like, this, I'm, I'm thinking this place is abandoned, nobody wants to fucking go to this place, you know, it's on the National Historical Places Registry or whatever. And then you hit me with the bullshit. The most terrifying Halloween haunted houses in the country. Like, you motherfucker. Yeah, that's the way I want to, that's the way I want this place. Yep. You talk about the mad chair, the iron gag, the whole, all these horrible psychological and physical torture bullshit that these fucking prisoners went through. The very antithesis 
of what not to do in the prison system to reform people, to bring them back into society. Hey, let's make a haunted Halloween spectacular. Bring the kids. We'll give them candy corn. Fuck off. Oh, man. So disappointing. What about you? I, I was I, just like you. I was completely into it, and I was like, "Man, this this place is sounding really, really uh, terrifying." And then they hit with the, uh, "Yep, and we're using it as a, a Halloween haunted house." So how much? Of, yeah, so how much of the no, story's fabricated? Not flag. to say that them people didn't go through this. Like I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying. Is that when you make it a theme, you know, when you make it the the focal point of your of your parties or whatever, your your you know, your I mean, not to say that there's no validity to it, but I am saying that some pretty fucked up things happen. I mean, this isn't like this isn't like, you know, your typical everyday, you know, prison or whatever. Like, I mean, this is a fucked up thing. The mad chair, you know the iron gag where people would have severe pain and bleeding if they tried to speak throwing people in the hole like i'm surprised that they'll that people will even you know even try like like i get it like the museum i i, I understand i mean you want to preserve the place for what it is but damn to throw the t- most terrifying haunted you know halloween house come on man you, 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 you had me for there and now I feel like, okay, the majority of what you do is going to be fabricated. So you're just, you're so that you're bringing in people to, you know, have a, you know, obviously people want to be terrified to be around Halloween and stuff, you know? So obviously you're making bank there, you know, it's like, come on. <sighs> exactly. And this actually, I mean, and if a real paranormal experience happened, no one would believe it if a real paranormal experience happened. No one would believe it because of this. You know? So, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. 100%. Like, yeah. Uh, like, there's, yeah, it, like there's some me. that you hear. Like, there's some that you can, you can read and you get a chill from it, not even really, like, like expecting a, to get like a big chill or anything like that, you know, like, but there's certain ones where y- you get your hopes up and then it does this bullshit. So anyway, that all being said, brother, out of all the ones we've talked about on this list tonight, which was the one that interested you the most? Oh, <sighs> Uh, I, I, honestly, I was interested in all of them, uh, mostly for the, um, historical right. information that, that we got out of it, the, the historical significance, um, you know, the, the old jail museum in Jim Thorpe, when they, uh, talked about the, um, the yes. society of the Molly Maguires, uh, that one, uh, there was also, um. Oh shit! What was that one? Uh. Yes, I was uh, gonna say that one as well. Yeah, that one. Uh, and then uh, Centralia. Uh, 
where they base. Yeah, the, I uh, agree. Um, any of the ones that have to do with um, old like history, like the Betsy Ross house was pretty. I still want to know why that motherfucker jumped out the window to get away from whatever and climbed on the flagpole and shit. Like, like, like that, that, that I want to know. Exactly. Um, you know, also, you know, the Brandywine battlefield and, you know, um, you know, Gettysburg, like, like that's some, like, it's interesting in its history and it's, you know, for it, for it, for them to say that it makes Gettysburg, not only one of the most haunted cities in the U S but in the entire world like that, you know, like that makes me want to dig deeper into it as well. You know, you still with me? Okay, I was done talking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I was I was gathering my thoughts. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Anything with with historical significance is obviously going to draw me to it because uh, I love history. Um, although there is this this old saying that yep. you know history is is written by the winners. Um, so you, you know, I always want to go back and do extra studying and, and see, you know, yeah, you know what happened on the losing side. Right. You where, know what? So I was thinking about this the other from? day, you know, cause I, it's so crazy. I study more stuff today in my adult life than I ever did in high school. And I was like, man, if I only put in the time and effort to study in, in high school, you know, you know, I don't know. It is weird. Um, I, I think a lot of that is, you, you know, when we're in school, it's something we're forced to do. And, um, you know, at, in our adult right. lives, it's it makes the most interested sense, yeah, in doing. Anyway, that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Hauntings of. If I'm not mistaken, our next episode is going to be what, Chip? Are we going to the R's next or is there another day? Yeah. Look it up. Look it up real quick, because I don't. I don't, don't want to screw up and say the wrong state like I did beforehand. Because <laughs> I have done that before, ladies and gentlemen. I've given the wrong state several times. Yes, after Pennsylvania, we have the great state of. Yes, so we will go straight to Rhode, Rhode Island. Island for the very next edition. Now, it being a smaller state, it might not have as many. Um, it might not have as many, but we will certainly give it a ones over um that being said guys thank you so much for tuning in to this episode uh chip anything you want to say before we get out here this evening well as always check out movementradio.us that is literally your one-stop shop for all things movement radio also if you happen to be listening to us on apple Podcasts, please please leave us a five-star review it doesn't do anything for us monetarily but it does help with uh, Apple's algorithm getting our podcast out to a much broader. Absolutely. Um, also, go check out the that. Patreon channel. Um, we're getting more battle topics up. Um, also, we uh, want to give a few, a couple of special shout outs. Shout out to my good friend Sean Thompson over at Thompson Personal Training. If you sign up, you will get the first two weeks absolutely free. All you have to do is just sign up and you get the first two weeks absolutely free. And if you want to continue with Sean's training, he will prorate your first month and then you will make original payments for the second month and beyond. Um, also, shout out to Jerry and Jennifer over at the Chronic Conversation Podcast. They got, they got a lot of cool guests coming up. 
Also, shout out twitch.tv slash Demon. That's our good friend Ivan Montanez's uh, Twitch channel. Go check him out. You got some cool stuff going on over there as well. Um, thank you guys so much again for tuning into this episode of The Hauntings of. And we'll see you back here in two weeks with Rhode Island. We look forward to that one. Thank you guys. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll catch you next time. Chip, let's hit him with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe. On Easy your for you to say. Check, uh, check out, check us out on all of our social medias: yes. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, click that bell to get notified of our latest videos. Again, Patreon.com and MovementRadio.us. I am Talon Williams. I am Chip Hazard. God's plan. And this is Movement Radio.